Welcome to the ASCD Connect podcast, supporting you on your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host for today's program. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Rabora, the Chief Content Officer for ASCD ISTE. With the emergence of ChatGPT, the potential uses of artificial intelligence in teaching and learning has become a major topic of conversation in education. But are educators thinking big enough? Are they truly open to the possibilities and challenges of this transformative technology? That's what I'm going to be talking about today with our guest, Tony Frontier, who is a consultant and researcher and the author of the book, Teaching with Clarity, as well as co-author of Five Levers to Improve Learning. He's currently working on a book on AI and education, and he has an excellent article in the summer issue of Educational Leadership titled, Taking a Transformative Approach to AI. Welcome, Tony. It's good to get a chance to talk to you again. Great. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, so you have an interesting perspective on AI in education. I think if I understand you correctly, you're worried that for all the conversations and concerns about AI in education that we've been seeing, educators might not be taking it seriously enough or maybe aren't looking closely enough at all the possibilities. Is that a good take? Is that correct? Yeah, I would I would definitely ag- agree with that statement. Um, I, I think there are uh, you know, definitely some true believers out there who are adept in incorporating technology uh, into their classrooms. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who maybe had an initial exposure, initial exposure to AI, you know, wrote a silly poem or, or uh, something like that, but they don't necessarily fully appreciate the, the wave of change that I think is coming and uh, some of the challenges and uh, some of the amazing opportunities that I think are on the horizon with AI. So I want to get to your your chief concerns about the way AI might be used in school. So in your article, you talk about the prevalence of transactional uses of AI. What does that mean and why why is it a problem? Yeah, so um, a framework for thinking about change is anytime something new comes along or anytime we're talking about uh, engaging in initiatives in, in schools, sometimes that work is uh, to maintain the status quo. We want to keep the existing systems as they are and kind of roll existing practices over into the new year. Sometimes those practices are more transactional. And by transactional, uh, what I mean is the expectation that the existing knowledge and skills that we've always used to engage in in our work as teachers is, is what we need to accomplish the task. We just apply those existing skills to, uh, to new tools. So the transactional approach uh, with AI would essentially be, you know, I'm going to take the strategies, assignments, et cetera, things I've done in the past, and maybe from a teaching perspective, I can do things with AI that will create efficiencies. The challenge here is if students simply take that approach as well, I'm going to use AI to uh, you know, accomplish uh, my schoolwork and get grades and points. The learning you know, goes out the window. Um, th- there's a real distinction that we have to make between efficiency and automaticity. And if we as educators don't fully understand the, the capabilities and potentials and the best ways to use large language models like ChatGPT or, or BARD, we're really going to miss the boat. And if students simply see AI as a more efficient way to, you know, get their work done and get grades and points, the, the learning will, will simply cease. I see. 
so I know it's hard to predict, but what do you see as, you know, the greatest, more transformational ways of using AI in the future? You know, is there an example of the way schools should be thinking about this? Yeah, absolutely. So for more transformational opportunities, so the, the premise of transformational change is it's not just applying existing skills and strategies to, you know, new tools or just, you know, expecting some different outputs based on, uh, you know, different application. Transformational change, it's really about changing the premise of how tools can be used, while we might use those tools, the uh, the the premise of big questions that we need to put on the table if we're really going to uh, intentionally wade through this complexity that that is AI. So transformational opportunities. Some of the great things I've seen happening already in classrooms and um, have been reading about and trying to apply uh, to some of my own work. We can think of AI as a really powerful tool for differentiation. For example, I can take articles that might be beyond certain students' grasp for reading, and I can have those written at an easier reading level. I can translate instructional materials uh, just with you know some simple uh, cutting and pasting. I've done some playing with GPT 3.5 and GPT 4. Uh, where I've been going in as though I'm a third grader or a fifth grader and asking for help on certain concepts and saying, here's here's what I think this means. Am I right? And the GPT tools, they, they really do an impressive job honing in on misconceptions. You can use prompts asking, you know, create a quiz for me now and let's see if I really understand if I miss something or if there is a misconception, uh, it can address that misconception. So we, we can't and should not think of AI as just a, a different type of search engine. It, it's potentially so much more than that when we know how to use the tools effectively. Okay. So in that connection, again, I know it's hard, hard to predict, but what changes do you envision in teachers' roles in, in say, the next five years as a result of AI? Yeah, I think first thing, uh, AI will be everywhere. It will be ubiquitous. It's already being embedded more and more into search engines and all sorts of uh, different applications. The upside of that is, I think, that the greatest potential, if you think of uh, a context where you can have you know, 120 students that you see throughout a semester, and you can set up structures where those students can get pretty instantaneous feedback on different work they're doing or different tasks, or even open to generative tasks or writing tasks. So I, I, I think there's a, a lot of potential there. I think just our overall our, our AI literacy is really going to need to go through a steep learning curve in the next three to five years again. The, the, the variability in the responses and how user-friendly these tools are, a lot of ways comes down to our ability to, to prompt, to design prompts, to write prompts that actually get uh, effective answers or raise effective questions or whatever it is we're designing them for. But I also think, ironically, teachers are going to have to be more intentional about stepping away from technology. I, I think we have to be careful that if kids see these tools uh, and the power and capacity of these tools, 
we could find ourselves in a in a place where kids are churning out lots of work and doing lots of work, and it's essentially a measure of their their adeptness at prompting AI tools. So we're going to need to slow down, I think, and do a better job at formative assessment. We're going to need to um, be sure we're giving kids opportunity to do work uh, offline. I think we're going to need more, actually, pencil and paper <laughs> uh, as a pathway to ensuring kids do some of the pre-thinking that's necessary before jumping on to and, and using uh, different tools. So that's interesting. So it's really a strategic mix. You know, one of the biggest problems I, I think we, we currently face that uh, Grant Wiggins and Jay McTie talked about in, in their book, Understanding by Design, the, the notion of uh, coverage without understanding and activities without understanding. And, you know, two of the things that really get in the way of student understanding is when we're rushing through to cover too much content and, you know, kids can kind of do the multiple choice, but they don't really understand with any depth. But also when we have kids do projects, you know, hands-on projects that aren't minds-on. Projects are great, but we always want to go back to what's the skill, what's the understanding that the student didn't have prior uh, to, to when this project uh, or when this unit started. And I'm a bit concerned that, uh, I'm very concerned, <laughs> you know, if we're not really intentional, right, in really being clear about what is the most important evidence of understanding here? What's the process we want students to learn as they engage in this? That AI will be generating products that uh, look great or, uh, you know, are, are impressive, <laughs> um, but there's not much evidence of student learning that, that sits beneath those. So it, it, it really is, uh, I, I think, a double-edged sword. Um, like, like most technology, like most tools, it's really about how we use them. It's about our response more so than the technology itself. So that kind of literacy will be really important going forward. Uh, so what advice do you have for school leaders who want their schools to be better prepared to use AI in these strategic transformational ways you're talking about? Are there specific steps they could be taking? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a few really specific things. Uh, I think, first of all, acknowledge this is going to be a transformational era in the field. We're heading into space where there is going to be lots of ambiguity. There's going to be uh, uh, some confusion. People are going to be confronted with, with challenges and opportunities they, they've never seen before. To those ends, you know, asking big questions is a, a really powerful strategy that, that leaders can, can deploy. You know, a couple that I share in the article, you know, how and when should AI be used or not used? You know, whether learning goals are foundational, learning to read numeracy, acquiring content knowledge, or developing conceptual understanding. I would respond to each of those different types of learning, those types of learning goals in very different ways as to how and, and when AI should be used. You know, how do we um, uh, ensure that we are integrating technology tools, but not losing, you know, the, the sense of humanity, the, the sense of the student behind, uh, behind those tools. It's okay to ask big questions. It's okay to not know the answers. The world is, is wrestling with a lot of these issues uh, right now. I think one of the biggest mistakes, though, that leaders can make is just to say, we need to shut this down. If, if we're 
response is, well, we've blocked that on our networks, therefore we don't have to worry about it. I think that creates really significant opportunity gaps for kids who might not have access to technology at home. I think it eliminates the opportunity for educators to teach kids how to use these tools in, in responsible ways. And the other piece I would say for for, for leaders, give teachers some, some time and, and space to play uh, with some of these tools. I'd see nothing wrong if, and I know some principals have done this already, you know, go into the computer lab for a staff meeting and share a few quick, simple things and just have teachers play. Uh, you can be sure kids are going to be playing with these tools over the summer, those who have access to them. And that that's, you know, that that's how we learn. Start to get a sense of what they are capable of, what they aren't capable of, you know, and let teachers have some of those aha moments because it, there's, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. Yeah. Uh, on both those points, one of the, there's a great quote in your article uh, that says, as we navigate the use of AI tools in education, the questions we ask of one another will be more important than the questions we ask of the AI tools themselves. So I don't know if you want to expand on that at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's really getting at what I, the, the point about just giving people some space to play and have those conversations. We, we, we can't just say, well, we need to add, you know, the, the letters A and I to our uh, academic you know, academic dishonesty policy and our acceptable use policy, and, that, and then we're done. We have to have bigger, deeper questions with one another. What does it really mean to understand what's the most important evidence of understanding? What do we accept as evidence of understanding? You know, where's the space where it's, it's um, okay for students to use these in generative ways to uh, brainstorm, come up with different ideas, maybe check their work, but where it's not okay for AI to be doing the work for students, for example. There isn't a single answer to to those big questions, and it's certainly harder to answer than you know. Let's put the words AI into the policy book. But if we give teachers the the time and space and some you know professional development around some of the the core elements, what these tools can and can't do, um, it might take some time, and it's going to take some time to get to the right answers or the best answers. But that's okay. We're 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 heading into uncharted territory. Yeah, that's really good advice. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us, Tony, and for sharing your expertise and insights. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. To read Tony Frontier's article on AI and education in the summer issue of Educational Leadership, go to www.ascd.org. el.